Welcome to Shelf Logic, the official podcast of the Maricopa County Library District. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Shelf Logic. My name is Caroline. And I'm Danielle. And today we're doing a bit of a different podcast. We are going to be talking about the different ways that people organize their bookshelves. This kind of sparked a conversation between the two of us a few weeks ago in talking about rainbow bookshelves and how people might organize their books by color. And then we were talking about the other ways people might organize bookshelves. And it just, I don't know, it sounded interesting. Hopefully you think it's interesting. Um, And we would love to hear how you organize your bookshelf. But we're going to kind of loosely rank how we think bookshelves should be shelved. Um, Obviously, at the library, we care very much about how things are shelved. So, yeah. So we thought we would just chitty chat about bookshelves and the different ways you can organize your books. So what is... What is the way you organize your shelf, Danielle? So um, I have one giant bookshelf, and um, I have different shelves for different books. Um, So, like, my favorite is Harry Potter. So I have one shelf in the middle that's all my Harry Potter books because I have, like, I have different versions of the books, and I have, like, obviously the fantastic beasts and the quidditch books and stuff so like all of my harry potter related stuff is on the middle shelf um and then there's a shelf where i have just like my favorite books that are always going to be rereads um for me that and i just like they're my comfort books i guess i love that yeah um i have a bookshelf of stuff to read um that i have i haven't read yet but it's my t my to be read um shelf and then to the left of them I have like first edition really nice leather bound like not leather bound but like like the leather covers the leather covers um so those are hand handed down from my grandma so those are um on a special shelf so it's just kind of like so that I know where the different things are and then from there, I have, like, so for my Harry Potter shelf, I have, obviously, the series in order. Um, and then other books that I have, um, like, I have the illustrated version. Those ones are taller, so those ones I put first. Okay. And then in order, and then the smaller ones in order. So, um, and, like, so for the comfort bookshelf, they're by height. Oh, yeah. That's how I organize them. And, obviously, I have, like, little knickknacks on my shelf. Um, I do know some people are not here for that. Like, your bookshelf is only for books. Um, I have candles that I don't light. They're just decorative. I have, like, a a snow globe um, pictures. So I have those kind of interspersed between it as well. Fun. Yeah. I love that you mentioned the height thing because that is something that really bothers me. And it's, if, if you are unbothered by that, then I am so happy for you because it is like so aesthetically unsettling to me to like look at my bookshelf and see like, I was going to just draw in the air, but you can't see that. Like, you know, I don't know, like a roller coaster or like a hill, like there's little and then big and then little and big and big and little. And I just, oh, that makes my tummy hurt yeah. just thinking about it. Yeah, I don't, I don't like that. But then it's really hard if you organize them by like alphabetically by title you just have to throw some of those things to the wind. Yeah. That's okay. I am pro knickknacks on shelves. Yeah. Um, I have, at our house, we have one big shelf. And I am, oh, 
horrified with myself to say that right now we did have the rainbow bookshelf for a little while where I had organized everything by color, but it was really hard to remember what color spines were. So if I went looking for a book and I was like, oh, I think it had a purple spine. I go looking through the purples and then I couldn't find it. And then I have to go through all the colors because once I'm out of guesses, like, okay, well, if it wasn't purple, yeah. I have no idea what color it is. So they were alphabetized by title. And then I think I tried to go dark to light. So I think it was like black, purple, blue, because I mostly had light blue books. And then like green, yellow, green, red, orange, yellow. Like I think I tried to go like cool, like dark to light cool colors and then dark to light warm colors, which was cool. I bet it, was, it looked cool. Oh my gosh, it was so fun to look at. <laughs> Very aesthetically pleasing. I would love to do it again. But yeah, it was just really hard to find stuff. So when I finally took them all down off the shelf and started to put them back up, we had also, we were using our bookshelf as an entertainment center mm -hmm. and then we flipped it and got an actual entertainment center. So we had to take everything off and move the shelf. And I just lobbed everything back on the shelves. There's no rhyme or reason to There's it. There's no rhyme or reason to oh, it right no. now. I know, I'm really embarrassed. Um, and I almost, it's so funny because we've been talking about doing this podcast episode for <laughs> a really long time. And every time I went home, I was like, maybe I should give myself some rhyme or reason so that when we film this podcast, I'm not like, I have to confess. I have no rhyme or reason. So do you have like an idea of how you want to organize it? Yes. So right now, the way we've got it organized, I'm very big about like, I'm not a huge rereader. So the books that I know I want to keep, I keep separate from the books that I haven't read yet. And I don't know that I want to keep. So right now our shelf... I guess it has some rhyme and reason. The top two shelves of our bookshelf are books that we've read and books that we love and that we know we would never give away. And then the three like cubby holes to the left and right and below those are books we have not read. So those have no rhyme or reason, which is terrifying. Um, and eventually I think I'm gonna go back to organizing them by title. So the ones that we've read and love will get organized alphabetically and then I'll like restart it underneath them for the books we haven't read. Um, and then I have like a separate shelf in my office that has books that I like would throw myself into traffic for. Like if they <laughs> fell out of a bag, yeah. I would stop traffic to save them. Um, mostly because they're autographed. I met Lori Hulls Anderson at Changing Hands a few years ago when she came to visit and it was like, the most magical moment for me. I almost <laughs> cried meeting her and I had her autograph my books. And then um, a couple of years ago, there was a conference up in Prescott, like a librarian's conference. And I met Tom Levine um, and shout out to Tom Levine. I don't know if he listens to the pod, but I'll tag him. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tom Levine was a um, an Arizona author. He actually very recently moved, which broke my heart. But he was, he's a really great guy, um, and I met him at this conference, and he was the keynote speaker of the conference, and he was just so good and so interesting to hear um, talk about his books. And so I bought a couple of them at the conference and had him sign those. That's cool. Yeah, he's super nice. Um, I tag him in our Facebook posts every once in a while. Oh, yeah, if you don't know, ha, I run our Facebook page. I feel like I just <laughs> pulled back the curtain. Wow. I'm like the... I'm Pay the man no behind the mask. To the man behind the curtain. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I am the Wizard of Oz. Um, so yeah, right now, no rhyme or reason. But hopefully, in the very near future, when I can get it together, it will be alphabetical again. Okay. Um, 
And I also set a goal for myself this year to read 15 of the books that we own. Okay. Because I have such a bad habit of just, like, I own it, so it's not going anywhere, so I'm not going to read it. Like, I will eventually. But you work at the library, and you can check them out, but you can't keep them. And then you're on a deadline to finish it. Exactly. I need that external pressure. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So I've been making a more concerted effort to read our books. That way I can tell, like... Like, our bookshelf doesn't just turn into a whole shelf of things that I haven't read yet (laughs) and just own because they're pretty or they're books. Our ranking, I was thinking there's, I feel like there's three kind of main ways that people organize their shelves. And it's most likely alphabetical by title, alphabetical by author, and then the rainbow bookshelf. So what do you think your ranking is? For those three? Mm Mm-hmm. Um... I guess functionality first, and then we can go aesthetic. So functionality, for me, I'm terrible at knowing titles. Oh. I have, so um, I'm sure a lot of you have heard of uh, Where the Crawdads Sing. I have a really bad habit of calling it Where the Crawfish Eat, (laughs) because I just can't remember. Like, I I know basic titles, but, like, I, I just... In my head, I switch something and it's wrong. So if I were to alphabetize by title, I would never find anything. Interesting. But I do know authors. So I would alphabetize mine by author, um, which uh, in my my rereads, my comfort books, I do have. So like my favorite authors are Dan Brown and John Green. Mm -hmm. And so like I have all my Dan Brown books together and obviously he's first. And then I have all my John Green books um, grouped together that way. So that would be probably my number one way to do it. If I had to take down everything and redo my bookshelf, it would be um, alphabetized by author. Um, but because I'm so bad at titles, I still think I would go color next. Really? I'm so bad with titles. And I feel like, because honestly, either way, if I was like, darn it, where's that book? I'd probably have to Google it anyway. <laughs> and just be like, what color is the spine? Or what is the actual what is title? the actual title of this book? So that, yeah, I think I would go author, color, title. That's fun because our lists are flip-flopped, but for like the opposite reason. I would go title, color, author Okay. because I'm pretty good at remembering the title. Eh, I'm okay with remembering authors if it's a prominent author. Mm -hmm. Like if it's somebody who's published more than one book or somebody who like I really gravitated towards Mm -hmm. author-wise and would like seek out more by them. Like I love... Mindy McGinnis. Um, she's a mostly a YA author. I've only read one of her books, but I gravitated to her so much that like her name is just stuck with me. Yeah. Like I know her name. I will not forget it. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, I'm not super great with names. And so for me, it would be title because I'm more, I'm more likely to find it that way. And then color because, I mean, I guess if we're just going to like a full caution to the wind <laughs> no just kidding um but like I I think I am probably more likely to remember color first mm-hmm. and then author and even if I can't remember the color of the spine at least like I, when I had mine organized on the rainbow shelf I did color and then it was alphabetical a through z in each color okay so it was like all the black spines were a through z all the purple were a through z so at least like if I'm going to look for like harry potter I know that I don't have to skim the entire stack of colors. Like, I just need to go for the H's. So here's a question. Um, If you have a book in a series like Harry Potter where the spines are different colors, do you split up the series? That's what hurt 
the most I think about the Rainbow Bookshelf. Is it yes? Yeah. Because like I Order of the Phoenix is a blue spine. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Goblet of Fire is green. Goblet of Fire is green. One of them's purple. I can't remember which. I feel like it might be Half Blood Prince. It might. Because the the dust jacket's green, but I think the spine the itself spine is, is like that dark purple that yeah. they do. Um, so Chamber that was, of Secrets is red. Yep, Chamber of Secrets is red, and I have a hardcover version and a softcover version of Chamber okay. of Secrets, and they're both red. Okay. So I put them next to each other, and like we said, height makes a difference. Uh-huh. And so I put like the hardcover and then the softcover, but I was tormented because I was like, these really do belong together, yeah. and in like one through seven order. But I've got them all broken up because of the color. Yeah. And so it's like, if we're ranking by aesthetic, the color is number one. I mean, right. it's super aesthetically pleasing. And if we were going full-blown aesthetics, like just throwing all caution to the wind, every little last bit of it, it would be color order and then height order. Yeah. So that it was like tallest first and then sloping down yeah. in every color group. I would love that. Yes. But... Oh my goodness, would that be painful to that try to find things? That would be hard, yeah. And, yeah, and then you break up series, and I don't know. Is this, listeners, let us know. Is this a weird librarian thing? Like, are we big dorks? Because because it, like, hurts. <laughs> it physically pains me to break up a series. It does. Or is that something that would hurt you as well? Because I feel like that. I feel is like a that, normal hurt? Is it a normal hurt? Is it a universal pain? <laughs> I feel like that could be a universal pain. Yeah. It's just too weird. Like, they feel like they belong together. Because they do. Yeah. They literally do. So to separate them feels painful, but yeah. of course if you're aiming for aesthetics, you have to you have to do it. Yeah. Other other interesting aesthetic choices. I have heard a rumor about another fellow podcaster who turns her books out. That that's a choice. It's an interesting choice. I know aesthetically, I know people really like it. Um, there's a lot that you can do decoratively mm-hmm. with that, but I f- almost feel like at that point, your books are solely decorative because how would yeah. you ever know? I know. I don't think you'd be able, I wouldn't be able, I wouldn't have the patience to like go through and find what I'm looking for yeah. unless, well, no, I was going to say, unless they're in alphabetical order. Well, so I was going to say like at that point, I feel like I'd have to have some sort of cataloging system mm-hmm. for myself and to know. It's real dangerous. And now we're, now we're definitely going full library. Yeah. Like <laughs> if you are a librarian and you have a catalog for your own books at home, that's how you know. Yeah. That's how you know. That's okay. I You've love it. you reached peak librarian. Yeah. Status. Full blown. <laughs> oh, another interesting aesthetic choice. I'm, I'm excited to hear your opinion on this. So... If you're anti-knick-knack on your bookshelf, could you be pro some books being vertical, some being horizontal? Oh. Because I have, every once in a while, I can't fill a shelf. Like, mm-hmm. one of my little cubby holes just has too few to fill from end to end. So do you take some out of the stack and lay them horizontally to keep your books from falling all over the place? Or do you just go knick-knack? Or you do you just... Again, caution, do wind, space? do you just let things fall all over? That feels like it hurts. Because you know when it's going to fall down? Three o'clock in the morning. Uh, yeah. And, and I'm going to shoot out of bed. Yep. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to shoot out of bed like someone's in my house. Right. I think I would go horizontal. Yeah. But then I think I'd have to do that in all of them. Like I would have to mm. make it consistent. Or like okay. 
not maybe not in all of them, but like there would just have to be some sort of like pattern or consistency. It couldn't just be in one or that two. That makes sense. Like I, I would just have to make it look like it was intentional, not like Oops. I was hurting for space. Not enough books. <laughs> yeah. Lots of space, not enough books. Yeah. Picture me, if you can picture in your mind's eye the scene where Belle gets to see the Beast's library oh. and she like hops up on the ladder and like. Uh, that's me. I wish that that could be me all the time. In my ideal home, I would have a library where it was just wall-to-wall books. Yes. And I would probably never, ever come out. No. I would just love it so much. Like a cut-out little window seat with oh. a bunch of squishy yes. pillows to sit on. And there would have to be like a hot plate in there so I could just make tea oh, and not course. have to leave my nook. Yes. Can't, I don't have to come out of the Heidi, the Heidi place. So I'm curious... What about the idea of sorting your bookshelf by genre? Hmm. I like the idea. I feel like, and listener, you may appreciate this. I feel like it kind of falls into the same sticky spot we get in here every once in a while at the library where like something has a mystery element, but it has a romance element or it's like historical fiction, but it has a romance element. So it's like, I guess if you decide what the predominant genre is like what the predominant theme is then you could do that but I almost feel like it's a little subjective that's true but it's your bookshelf that's true you could be subjective about it that's true so if anybody comes over and just tells me like I don't think that's a mystery I'll have to be like well this is my bookshelf bookshelf, so I said that it's mystery you put that wherever you want but this is where mine lives yeah like um (laughs) oh a really good one um, I think you and I have both read this. The Lions of Fifth Avenue mm-hmm. felt a little mystery, but it also had a historical fiction element. And it had a little romance. Had a little romance. So, like, I guess the predominant, I don't know, that's a tricky one. I feel yeah. like the predominant genre is probably historical fiction because it does a that's, little time hopping. Yeah, that's probably what I would say. But there is that mystery element. And the mystery is pretty... kind of the through line. Yeah. Yeah, that would be tricky. I like the idea. Yeah, because it almost... it's the mystery that ties the timelines together. Mm-hmm. So it's true. like, is it mystery or is it historical fiction? I feel like I would have a hard time knowing, A, knowing what order I put things in. Yeah. <laughs> like, there are obvious <laughs> things like Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings, those would go in fantasy. Mm-hmm. But I think I would look at it and be like, uh-oh, I pulled a book off the shelf, and now I can't exactly remember yeah. if I had this in mystery or if I had this in historical fiction. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I think I could do it because I'm like type A personality enough where I would go with like what it's officially mm. um, set, what like the official genre is of the book. So like um, Lions of Fifth Avenue, I, th- I think is historical fiction. Mm-hmm. Like that is the genre that it has been officially given. So I would just put it there because somebody already told me what it is. Yeah. Like I don't have to make that subjective choice and I... I do think that I'm, like, that type of personality that would just do that. Um, so that would make it a little bit easier for me. And then I I think that would be kind of cool because if what if I'm in the mood for a romance book? Mm-hmm. Or if I'm in the mood for a thriller or mystery, like, I would know where on my bookshelf to go based yeah. on that genre. Kind of like in the library. Like, you know where to go because you, you're going to that specific genre. Um, but then you have general fiction, which I think that's what would throw me off more so than what genre do I put it in. Mm-hmm. Like, 
I feel like just general fiction still has components of other things that 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 would be what would trip me up like yeah general fiction is so tricky because it's usually like slice of life kind of stuff Mm -hmm. but of course like the kind of tricky part about a slice of life book is that that does include romance or it does include I mean I think romance is probably the big prevailing one in general fiction I'm trying to think of like a good general fiction book I've read recently that felt like it should tie in somewhere else too, but I can't really put my finger. That's the other thing too, is like, I can't put my finger on, like if you just came, you came to the service desk and said to me, I want a general fiction book. I think I'd have a hard time yeah. naming the last one I read because I don't generally think about general fiction. Yeah. I'm almost always like categorizing things. So I think I'd have a hard time remembering. And I don't even think that's one thing you could just be like, oh, this author is a general fiction because I know there are authors in general fiction who also have um, books in other genres. Mm -hmm. The only one I could think of like predominantly is Frederick Bachman. Okay. I think he's um, a man called Uva. Oh yeah. Britt Marie was here. Like, I think that's the one that I can most confidently say. I think all of his books are in general fiction. Yeah. And I guess... I could see that, too. Yeah, like, in trying to think about the plot of all of those, they are pretty general. Like, yeah. they're really slice of life. They don't necessarily, like, they're not driven by a mystery. They're not necessarily necessarily driven by a romance. Yeah. But, yeah, because even with Britt, Britt Marie was here is one I most recently read. Yeah, there it was just, like, about her life, like, mm-hmm. just a transition in her life. It really wasn't leaning more toward one thing or another yeah so it's interesting i don't know i guess if genre were the way you wanted to go it you would you'd have to just like be okay with it being super subjective or yeah yeah, like looking up the tags looking up like going to the library's catalog and seeing where we put stuff to say like okay the library we use the library of congress like Mm -hmm. tags that they assign a book so where do we put them where does the library of congress say they should go and then kind of sorting that way. Yeah. Yeah, genre would be interesting. Which is interesting side note. Um, for our, our book club at the Southeast Regional Library, our historical fiction book for um, for this month, for September, is The Marriage of Opposites. It's a historical fiction book, but it's tagged as romance. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, again, that's where, like, it gets kind of tricky because if it's set in a different time period... Mm-hmm technically it is historical fiction but I guess if the motivation if the drive of the book is a romance yeah it just happens to take place in a different period in time but follows real people yeah like oh their yeah. lives are fictionalized yeah it was it was very interesting uh when when we picked that book I thought oh we can't do this one it's not historical fiction but the more I look into it and I'm like no no it is yeah so I guess I yeah that would be tricky even if you were the type of person to be like nope this is what it's officially tagged like that would be tough you just have to like accept it and be okay with it even if it's not necessarily something where you would put it it's like well that's what it says and that's how I want to go about this so interesting that's funky we share a favorite book and it was mentioned in that book the way that this character organized their shelf um the Bookish Life of Nina Hill. Yes. Nina Hill is like book obsessed. She works at a bookstore. Um, and so she talks in the book about the way she organizes her shelf. And if I remember correctly, of course, I wrote it down and left it on my desk at home. She organized by author and then by publication date. 
which hurt me in oh, my soul. Oh, you're right. That's next level. That is next level. I mean, you have to know. There are some that are obvious. Like, of course, like the Harry Potter books, one through seven. Like, of course, seven's not going to be right. have been published before one. And, like, there are authors, too, where um, Harper Lee comes to mind. Where, like, obviously, To Kill a Mockingbird was published way prior to its kind of companion novel, um, Gosetta Washman, which I think was published in the 2010s. So, like, if that's how you wanted to go about it, it is a method. Yeah. But that's really hard. When they said that in the book, I literally paused my audiobook and wrote that down because we had been talking about this podcast yeah. and I was like, whoa, that is truly next level. That that's is, dedication. Yeah. I I mean, outside of a series, I don't know that I would like so like thinking of um John Green, I don't know whether Turtles All the Way Down, Abundance of Catherines, Looking for Alaska, Paper mm-hmm. Towns. I have no idea what the publication dates of any of those are. And they're no. not, it's not a series. So it doesn't just like, like I'd have to look at that. Yeah. And then I'd probably have to look at it again to reshelve it. Right. I would be like, wait. Where did I put this? Where did, where did oh, this Or you think of somebody like James Patterson. Oh, man. Who's so prolific. Like if you, if he's publishing something... If he publishes two things or more in yeah. 2020 or 21 or 22, then where do you put those? Yeah. Do Daniel you go off Steel. medical after? Mm-hmm. Daniel Steele's another one. Yeah. Debbie McComber is a pretty prolific author. Yeah. Like, where do you put their stuff once? So you've got it all piled out, like 2020, 2021, 2022. But if there's multiple, then do you go author, publication, date, title? I don't know. Brain hurt. It just, it when they that, said that yeah. in the book, I was like, whoa. This author understands very bookish people because that is next level. That is serious, like, book knowledge. But Nina Hill was also a trivia nerd. So that's probably trivia she would have locked away. Yeah, yeah. So if you're, like, a very (laughs) intense, like, love that kind of specificity and that kind of detail, that could be a really cool way to organize it. But, yeah, when they said that, I was like, whoa, no. Publication date? Holy cow. Yeah, I thought that was funny. That is cool. So yeah, it's just, there's so many different ways to organize a shelf and it's, and I mean, everybody who comes to our library knows that like we don't use the Dewey Decimal System and that's actually a trend that's kind of moving into a lot of libraries. We get um, quite a few questions about, from other libraries about how we were able to do that, how it was received, how to go about it themselves. So it is a trend to be moving away from Dewey because truly um, those of us that have library science degrees or have are pursuing our masters in library science learn that they are they're very arbitrary. Yeah. And like even if you have a library science degree, you don't have Dewey down pat. No. It's and I, hard. I didn't even have a class or a professor touch on it. Mm-mm. Like I just knew Dewey as a patron. Yeah. And even then, it's like, do I know it? Yeah. <laughs> like I, I couldn't tell you what the call number is for cookbooks Mm-mm. poetry actually poetry i think is nope i'm not even gonna try i thought i knew <laughs> but i don't i don't i truly have no idea yeah. so it's yeah it's like there are ways that we've categorized books throughout history mm-hmm. that are interesting and we've held on to them and they've had staying power like do we but do they mean anything not necessarily like yeah. if you can apply meaning to why a certain genre has the 300 tag or like 400 Dewey Decimal System number. That's great. Yeah. But I don't think, I don't think that there was any rhyme or reason to it. Not that I know of. I, 
I've never learned any of one. So you heard it here first. Even people who are librarians and have studied this, we were never given any reason. <laughs> we were never told why Dewey numbers are the way they are. No. So, yeah, I mean, so it's just interesting the way that we categorize books and the way that we organize books and the kind of bookstore model is moving into libraries because yeah. if you ask me where cookbooks are and I tell you the 300s, that doesn't mean anything. But if I tell you it's in the cooking section, yeah. well, doy, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Wonderful. Like I go there, I go where it makes sense. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. I was going to say it's, it's like saying the sky is blue. It just is. And it's like, but no, but there's even but science, there's to, science that. to that. <laughs> but there's no science to Dewey Decimal. I'm sorry, Dewey. I don't, I don't mean to disparage Melville in his in his month. It is library card sign-up month, so you're hearing this. And if you don't have a library card but you listen to our podcast, come get a library card. Yeah. What you doing? This podcast is free, but so could books. Yeah. And so could a telescope. Have you ever looked at a telescope? It's pretty cool. Before. It is. Yep. We've got movies. Mm -hmm. Oh, how we can, maybe we can talk about how you organize your movies next. Ooh. Ooh. That would be that would be my husband's wheelhouse because that is like very serious. Yeah, that's people are my sister, she's like very meticulous about how she organizes stuff like that. And like I'm not a movie person the way I'm a book person, mm -hmm. so well, yeah. I don't put as much thought into how I organize my movies as I do my books. No, same. Yeah, I if I had a choice it'd be alphabetical, but I think my husband does it by like DVD and then Blu-ray and then 4K and then like Criterion is separated and yeah. it's alphabetical. It's like, that's wonderful. And again, I apply that same, not currently. We are <laughs> not going to talk about the current state of my bookshelf, but I apply that same passion to my books. Yes. I don't apply that same passion to my movies, mm -mm. even though I like watching movies, but I'm not, I don't, I'm not as knowledgeable yeah. about like the intricacies of yeah. film as I am about books. Yeah. Cause so. even when I, like I've moved around um, a decent amount and anytime I move to a new place, the first thing I do is set up my bookshelf. Mm -hmm. The very first thing I, I take out all my books, I organize them because that's what home looks like. Yeah. No matter how you organize your bookshelf, like for, for me, just as a book lover, I know that I'm home when my books are out and my bookshelf is set up. Aww. I love it. What a sweet sentiment to close the podcast on. Home is where the books are. Home is where the books are. Oh, I love that. Well, <laughs> that makes me so happy. Like, I feel like there's nothing more to be said. Home I, is where the books are. No matter how you organize said, your shelf. Home is where the books are. Oh. I love it. This just turned into a rom-com. I love it. <laughs> well, if you have a specific way you organize your shelf, or if it's different from the ways that we talked about, or you have an opinion about how shelves should be organized, reach out to us. Yeah, let us know. us on Facebook. Um, we love to have you interact with us and to know that you're listening to the pod. And yeah. I don't know, maybe you think we're funny. And Caroline needs some tips on how to organize her bookshelf. Oh my gosh, I know, I'm embarrassed. <laughs> oh, it's horrible. Oh my gosh, by the time that... Oh, I was going to give myself a deadline, but I'm going to do my best. I'm going to get okay, my shelf organized. That's what you can do. I'm going to get it together. But you have your books on there, and home is where the books are. Home is where the books are. <laughs> oh, love it. Well, thank you so much for listening to Thanks, the podcast, guys. Shelf Logic. Uh, my name is Caroline. And I'm Danielle. And have a great day. Thank you for listening to Shelf Logic. Make sure to hit subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Follow us on social media where we are at MCLDAZ.